because I compare it with the Mayweather and Pacquiao fight. They said it would never happen, but it happened. Italian BBC, Conosci, Tazzardi, Chilini, Freyas. They call themselves inglorious bastards. <laughs> <laughs> The game is about right. results, right? None of this nerve right. nonsense sure. about expected goals. Hello and welcome to the final third podcast, a belated happy new year. I'm Rob Canavan, joined by Connor Kelly. Hello. And we've got Con Clancy. Hello. Editor of Forza Italian Football. Welcome. How are you? Yeah, I'm happy. It's good to be here. Yeah. It's been a year since it was last year, so it's nice to be back. Really? Yeah. Thanks about that. Of course, yeah. The it's our Italian month. Show last yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. It was a year ago. Fucking hell. I know. Yeah, it, it, oh, it, so it flies. So much Weird. Your hair, for one. I'm not. Don't think I'm coming here and not pointing out your <laughs> fantastic new hair. What can I say? Go full <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Came down to the door and it was just splaying everywhere. <laughs> uh, well, it yeah, majestic. It was originally. It was originally. Uh, I always said it to the lads at the live show. It was just like me being like a, a cheap rip off of James Horncastle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was originally meant to like look a little bit like Alex Turner's, but it's now like way longer than Alex Turner's. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's, it was FA Cup weekend, which means we won't be covering it. Yep. So instead, <laughs> we'll talk about some Serie A, obviously, because we've got Con here, and La Liga. But first, we'll start with uh, some VAR chat. There was a piece up today by Miguel Delaney uh, for the UK Indie, basically talking about the VAR is going to get its its debut in the League Cup semi-finals uh, this week. The real, interesting the, real throw it in. the real Cup competition. The real. The, well, the interesting yeah. one. Yeah. Um, at this stage of the year, at least. Um. And yeah, so I thought no magic, just like quality. No, no magic, just just football. Yeah, uh, it's probably good to get your uh, opinion before we start on on uh, VAR because we've talked it to death and sort of made sort of sly caustic remarks about it every single week. What do you think about VAR? You're saying that as if I haven't myself. Yeah, like, <laughs> Connor sent me a message earlier saying we're going to talk about VAR, and I said, "Oh my, my good friend, yeah, can't escape it." It's um, obvious. It's it's in Syria. Anyway, it is, yeah, so. uh, quite controversially, but I like it to be honest with you. It does generally reduce the number of mistakes that are made, but it's just there are a few kinks that still need to be ironed out. Like, one thing that I, I know people have said this a lot, so I'm not making a new point, but you just need to let people know what's going on mm. because they stop, the referee's just standing there listening to someone talk in his ear. No one knows what's happening. A lot of the time, the players don't. Uh, Frank Kessie scored for AC Milan at the weekend, mm. and the referee did his big, oh, we need to go to VAR. He went over after the players did their celebrations, came back, ran back to where the incident was, but made a hand gesture that made it look like the goal had been given. So Kessie celebrated again, <laughs> but then realized no one else was, looked around and said, oh, it's not been given. They're not taking kickoff. I need to get back in position. So 
people it needs to go up on the screen every stadium has a screen realistically and if not they can put it in there's enough money going around just let people know what's happening say there's a VAR review mic the referee up if needs be just for these incidents so people know what's happening they're not kept in the dark and then there's just not as much confusion and when people are confused, they get angry. Yeah, there's not confused, see, that'd be problematic. That'd be problematic uh, when it, it involves Juve because I mean, you, can't be, you, you, <laughs> this you can't be transparent when Juve are involved. This is part of the problem, though, with VAR, uh, with the decision, sorry, not to show the decisions, is that part of the angst with bad decisions was coming from the fact that you could see it on the big screen. Mm. And now they've made a decision that you're not going to be able to see the decision-making process, Well, that's which thing. is just bizarre. But now, the referee is looking at the same thing as everybody. He sees the same angles as everybody else. So... The referee can't then make a call that's wrong. So fans have no reason to be angry over it, you know? If someone is on the wrong side of an offside yeah. line, you can't then give out and say, oh, the ref's a crook, Juve are buying everything, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, people still will. Yeah, well, but, yeah, I so. did. It, well, in that piece that Miguel wrote, um, was it Mike Riley is the... Yeah, yeah um, Mike yeah. Riley is kind of overseeing it. And they did, like specifically emphasize what what's happening like there's four key points i think it's like penalty decisions the dubious goal i don't know it was a penalty straight decisions. red straight red yellow cards i think it yeah, is. yeah mistaken identity yeah these so, chamberlain yeah yeah so it like i think they're they're being they're doing their best to be as transparent as possible with it um and like a few journalists were like given a, a briefing on yeah it, so yeah that's what i think that's that's what you want though is much like the goal line technology cleared up Jesus, I mean, if you cast back, it seems like years and years ago, but it's it's relatively recent that we used to have to sit there and look at, you know, replays of yeah. a ball going like this across yeah. a line. <laughs> no clearer for it, but just whatever. But uh, they're going for the decisions that we have to suffer through for a full week when they go wrong. So hmm. that's kind of the areas that we care about. It's not, I don't, I personally don't want to see VAR run through every single decision on the pitch. That's hmm. not really, sure. you know, much as I'd hmm. love the game to be. Hmm. But robotically perfect very other very few people do you know I, I not every throw in not every corner either, you know yeah, yeah. but yeah. one thing that's interesting is i didn't actually realize this until i slaughtered var a couple of weeks back um but there's constantly someone watching it and yeah. reporting back to the referee so it's not like the referee Decides is only itself. deciding yeah. what's being looked at because they're egotistical by their very nature referees yeah. so they're not going to admit to making a mistake so there is someone who is constantly telling you've missed something you have to go back and do it so mm. i don't know i think it's good. i love that because that, that mm. we're, we're literally gonna have a leveling out now it's not that thing where they say decisions see, even themselves out though yeah. they never you see they never i'm do. convinced see i'm convinced that a lot of people within the media particularly big media organizations <laughs> don't want this because it removes something it removes talking points and controversy and means they have to analyze the actual football itself. Yeah. I mean, like, hang on, right? Well, no, because the thing about VAR is it's not goal line technology in that it's still interpretive. There's just more minds involved, yeah. You know, and a process away from the pitch. So there is still a like we've we I'm sure you've seen it. I've I've seen it certainly with, with VAR where you look at it and go, that could have gone both ways. Yeah, you know, I could, there's still an argument to be had that that's if not you a even red. Look at the, um, I think Miguel Delaney mentioned it in his piece, the incident where Hazard got a penalty against Arsenal. Mm. That's still open to interpretation. Yeah, you know, so a lot I, of people. Will still I don't think we're going to steal the. <laughs> I don't think. I, <laughs> I think it was a penalty. penalty yeah. yeah, but a lot of people, granted, mainly Arsenal fans, mm. will disagree with that. So there is still some debate there. It's like I also like think the, sorry. The, the say the Calvert Lewin penalty to go go back before Christmas because it's still <laughs> being talked about because of fucking Friday, but. That, I mean, no amount of, you know, TV angles or, or you know, uh, different referees looking at true headsets will tell you that it is or isn't a penalty. You you either feel it is 
or you feel it isn't. So I don't think it'll take their talking points. It just makes it a little bit harder. But yeah, you can still you can't blame yeah. one person. Yeah, I think. Like, I think I don't think a lot of managers like particularly Wenger. I don't think he wants it because I mean that gives. How him... will Mark Hughes get a job if he can't blame? Yeah, referees? exactly. Mark Hughes, <laughs> the king of the king of blaming referees. Yeah. But this is what I mean. Like it's just a lot of a lot in the media, particularly and like particularly the likes of Sky. They don't want. They don't want this because they don't want to have to analyze this football. They prefer talking points. I mean. I don't know. Did you did you hear Pep Guardiola's press conference on Friday? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> let let's play a clip from Pep Guardiola's press conference on Friday to give you an indication of the standard of journalism in the UK. Jose Mourinho told us yesterday that he doesn't need to act like a clown on the touchline. I just wondered, do you think there are managers in the Premier League and in other leagues that act like clowns? It's a question for him. Like, listen to that, right? Listen to that. This, this, that's the second question in the press conference and they ask Guardiola about that like Rob I think we could just leave let me off let him go uh, yeah, you, you pointed out as well Con just off air um, the question that preceded um, it as well to follow up with something so kind of yeah well I don't know if that's in the clip but they were talking about David Silva's ill newborn child yeah. and then he just jumps what was it? It was, oh, is he available for selection this weekend? Which was a bit of a grey area yourself. Yeah. Don't, don't go there. But then to just, the next question starts with two words. Jose Mourinho. Yeah. You could just see Guardiola getting up and walking out. And Like, uh, this is this is the thing, right? I watch quite a lot of these press conferences and the broadcast media, i.e. Sky, get the first few questions so they can fill their 24-hour news channel, which is the worst thing that's the, like the, that's honestly the one of the worst things that's ever happened in football is the Sky Sports News rolling yeah, news because yeah. they have to fill airtime with nonsense quotes from managers. It's on. one of those things you think would have died out with mm. sort of like your your what would you call it your trending feed or, or whatever on, on whatever social network you're on. You wouldn't you would need it. I, I think for a time it was a good idea. Uh, but I don't know if any, seen I don't know if anybody watches Sky Sports News anymore, but they still have to fill the airtime. I sometimes have it on. Uh, I sometimes I, have it I on in the background honestly, when you're doing something. Yeah. I honestly haven't watched Sky Sports News in years. It's not better, Bar, with the exception <laughs> of that, with the exception of like Soccer Saturday. That's yeah. the only thing I might have on because because yeah. for the most part they talk about football. And That's that. great if you're sick. Yeah, you know, if you're just like yeah. lying on the couch, it's just you have it on the yeah. background really. But like the, they, they, Premier League years yeah. is good for that. Too. Yeah. yeah, but like they, they they talk about football and that it's they they analyze games. They they talk about like stuff that's happening in the game rather than just uh, Jose Mourinho said this, mm. Antonio Conte said this. Like just this is what Mourinho wants. This mm. is he wants you to focus on what he's saying and focus on their managers rather than the the job he's doing at United and the underachievement like. I just yeah it's I, nonsense it's absolute nonsense and Sky are the worst culprits in this they, they play along with it they try and get managers to lose their rag and it's 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 a monotonous boring we were talking joke. about this off air though and it does like yeah football fans are guilty aren't they because that's what they want as well to see you know, what Guardiola has to say yeah, yeah, it kind of it's, it, it's an easier conversation to have passing a, a co-worker say in a corridor then what did you think of the shape of that diamond at the yeah. weekend you know what i mean it's like i i understand why they do it because a lot of people for a lot of people that is the way they talk about football would be you know say conte hasn't a clue what he's doing or he's been found out or you know all this sort of these stuff. are the same type of people that like i'm a celebrity and <laughs> it's a popular though. show uh yeah. so i'm told so basically people are just <laughs> idiots that's 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 my takeaway no, not really it's, it's more like 
that I don't know. Like it's not for me. Yeah. Uh, I'll put like it I don't way, mind. But... Like I don't mind a bit of bit of aggro in football. Like you know, you like it. You like a bit of spice in these rivalries. But this is literally yeah. at this point. It's just the Mourinho Conte thing. Is just, like I do like story as well. I do like story. I don't yeah, like but... fabricated story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like story that makes itself. Because uh, they make you know even when you recount the years, it's great to tell. Hmm. This is not one of those things. It's it's not going to be yeah. one of those stories. I, I am surprised think. though that. Um, certain journalists who are well informed on the issue of libel haven't ever uh, you know yeah brought it, uh, this to Mourinho's attention that what he said is a bit libelous mm. but potentially. potentially anyway anyway we we should go and talk about football having said that <laughs> yeah. and we'll we'll go to Serie A um, first of all before we start Colin, we what have you made of this season so far we've just passed the halfway point what have you made of it this this season so far it's amazing um, if you look around Europe it's probably the most exciting one arguably again in previous seasons we haven't had the title race now we've got that mm. added element and Juve still aren't top we're 20 games in Napoli you're the winter champions it's coming though isn't it let's it be is. honest <laughs> I, I think I put up on Twitter recently that as much as I still do think that Napoli will win the league there's just this increasingly growing sense of inevitability that I've I've just yeah I've, I've uh, been stung but you're the most this. negative man in the world yeah mm. so that I think you true. conceded the title to Juve in about September. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, half jokingly, but now, the, now I believe it. There was a lot of wiggle room, and now there isn't. Mm. Like they are in the lead, but it's 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 a lot shorter than it was, say, going into the start of December or mid December. So, it, I'm I'm with you on that. I think it's a really exciting season. I think it's a great title race. I would still back Napoli to do this. I think that they've crossed that point where teams usually mess up. Juve usually make up that ground mm. before Christmas, well, and then it's it's plain sailing to. But April Napoli May. can actually win games that they're not just absolutely dicking on yeah. teams in there. You know, yeah. Sari said it. They've sort of their defense had the best defense in the division. I think they've what they've conceded thirteen goals this season, which mm. is remarkable in yeah. twenty games. And they can win games one 0 now, whereas in previous seasons they couldn't. If if they were scoring one goal, they weren't going to win that game because yeah. they'd always concede. But now they can grind out these wins, and I think Sari deserves a lot of credit for that. Mm. Absolutely. We start with Napoli, so we'll go there. They beat Hellas at the weekend. Possibly a game that it wasn't all going their way, or that it looked well, like they might uh, let chances. I think slip. this is the most complete Napoli performance in a week. So no, I, I mean like excellent. they laboured over. Oh, yeah. It took a long time to break through. This but, is a like, game they would have struggled with. They were previously. totally dominant. Like I think they Hellas had one attempt in ninety minutes on one target, which shows you how much control Napoli exerted on this game. Like, uh, and yeah, like Hamsik's now the record scorer. So everything. Seems a bit rosy in the camp. I just remember checking the the score, seeing it was now after halftime, and just thinking, it's going to be one of those days. It's yeah. just not going to break down a team that doesn't want to. I don't come really out. have that feeling with Napoli anymore. This yeah, is that's well, kind of yeah. what I'm This is it. Yeah, they do yeah. that thing that Guardiola's teams do. They just they just wait. Yeah, they they're patient. They know that they'll kill teams. They absolutely smother them. They had what seventy odd percent percent possession, which you're gonna get tired if you're just chasing after Insigne Mertens and Co all yeah. day long and. I think Hampshire getting that record is actually huge for them because that seemed to be carrying on his shoulders for the first half of the season and I wasn't that impressed with him at all, all the time. It looked like that was very much in his mind mm. but now he's got that, he looks like he's going to kick on. Yeah, yeah, like he's, uh, yeah, he, he, <laughs> it's been hanging over him for so long that it's like one of those things like you like Morata at the moment or he just can't score because it's like hanging over his head. Yeah. So it, like now he's got it out of the way, I guess. Yeah, now he can focus on like the important thing like winning the title. Mm. Indeed, uh, we'll go to a game. I think I think you'll enjoy covering. Then Con uh, Atalanta beating Roma two one. Ah, it was all right. Wasn't ah. It? <laughs> no, that was the only annoying thing. It was that it was two one. 
you know it was it could have been four at half time yeah. and then Darun got sent off right on half time and the game changed second half was I'd, I'd be surprised if Atalanta had the ball in Roma's half for more than 30 seconds in the whole half but perfectly reasonable did it. Though, yeah to absolutely do so, so. down to 10 men at the Olympico and Roma have been quite the good this season yeah well, last month I going to say what have you made of, uh, of Di Francesco then as, as Roma manager I've been impressed because I was sceptical when he went there just because it's a big step from Sassuolo yeah. where no one cares about what you're doing people will be impressed if you do well but otherwise no one pays attention to you yeah. they don't even really have a fan base in Sassuolo so who cares what's happening but in Roma there's a lot of expectations coming in after Spalletti big pressure but I think he's probably benefited from coming in after Spalletti because it just seems like he's carried on the defensive organisation that Spalletti had in place there and he's just kind of built on those solid foundations in attack also helps that, it also helps that he it wasn't the one who got rid of Francesco Totti. Yeah. Anybody after anybody after Spalletti, Imani, who who is seen as the again, instigator of that. There is that personality void in the dressing room now. He comes in after Totti. Yeah. Salah's gone. Chesney's gone. Um, did someone else leave this summer mm, of high profile? I yeah, can't Rudiger. Think. Rudiger as yeah. well, yeah. But so and he's doing well to keep them. Oh, Parade as well. He did. Yeah. But, uh, but I obviously he's like like he was an important player, but he wasn't like a, I wouldn't call him a leader. No. Yeah, not yeah. Well, yeah, not a personality. As but well. yeah. yeah, I I don't know. I think I I still fell into the trap of believing the hype about Roma a bit too early because they are fifth now. They struggled. To yeah, win yeah from the cusp of a title race. Yeah. Yeah. it's been outside it's been the sort of mixed because there's there's certain areas under under Di Francesco so far. It is still early days. I think hopefully he's at the club for a while. But where you think he's done really well? I mean, getting through a Champions League group. You see not Rome just getting Europe through and you just think topping storming away. yeah and, and yeah. trashing Chelsea on the yeah. way which like you know you just didn't think was going to happen particularly under Conte of all managers mm. um, and then in the league like you say there's, there's the sort of the hype and you could see consistency winning games laid on believing and then there's still that tendency to slip mm. they and like you say fifth is pretty the worrying thing is like none of the not like none of the written new signings have really hit the ground running yet like um, I mean like <laughs> they obviously like I've made my feelings known about the decision to sell Salah for the price they got from. Yeah. Um, but like they haven't really replaced them. Do you know anything about why they might have? I haven't. We'll we'll come to Coutinho later because it's a it's a it's a big story etc. But just the market the way it is. Yeah. Coutinho's arguably arguably not as good a player as Mo Salah yes. is, and he went for what was it? Nearly five times the amount. Yeah. It's crazy. And he, he's not even like I wouldn't consider him the same player ability was. I don't think he's mm. even as good as Salah. Mm. We'll come to that later. We'll come to that later. Yeah. But on Salah, like yeah, it was just weird. Uh, it's more. It's just more what he gives you in goals and assists. Like his productive, his productivity hasn't been replaced. Yeah. Like, I think I think Brighton said like you can see it in the goals. I think I think Roma have thirty one goals. I think nineteen mm. games. Mm. Something like that. They've the lowest goal scored in the top eight. Yeah. So mm. far this season, and I think that shows like you were saying building on solid foundations. But they definitely need to score more goals mm. if they're gonna. Like if Jacko doesn't score, it's really like they're, they're relying on penalties. penalties yeah. yeah, and yeah, and goals like the odd goal from out of nothing, like a Fazio header from a corner or something. Like <laughs> yeah. it's you're, not, you're still hoping that the whole the whole transfer thing will hit the ground. That like they can continue to sell top players like Sevilla did mm. and just replace them with players who who let them kick on. Well, Al- Allison is the lightest one apparently off in yeah, the summer to Liverpool. Yeah, like they need to they need to cut that channel now. Like seriously, I can yeah. see that being stop, a familiar yeah, road stop for play, players. Stop selling to Liverpool. Sell sell, sell somewhere else. Like yeah. it well, would be Spurs, but they don't spend money. So. Yeah, true. That before we move on from Roma, I do I do think it's worth 
giving the Francesco a bit more time before we yeah. start criticising because well they're still like in the Champions League exactly so. well they're, they're fifth now but they do have that game in hand so they could overtake Inter and it could be the two Roma clubs behind yeah I mean well, given the, the clubs draw, around them aren't exactly consistent either but you know Lazio will yeah. draw points and, and so will Inter yeah, something I didn't think we'd be saying yeah. as we went into December yeah. Inter looked unstoppable but yeah. and given so Roma's given Roma's Champions League draw like they have a, a decent shot at going far in the tournament which mm. would be a big kind of feather and De Francesco's cap even if they get through one round in the Champions League yeah. they've done very well yeah they're usually but calamitous I do think before this month it did look like they had sorted out their mentality because the thing about Roma is they're laughable when it comes to it comes to a big <laughs> yeah. game but the way they won the derby <laughs> back in November October was yeah. seriously impressive and then even in defeat against Juventus I was so impressed with mm. them because they never gave up until the last minute they nearly scored the equaliser in extra time or additional time so they kept fighting, which is something that I have never seen from yeah. Roma as long the, as I've known. There's it. the thing as well, to be fair, and not even in a patronising way, but it, it's not as if Atalanta is losing to, say, like like Torino at home or something like mm. that. Like, Atalanta are right up there. So mm. this this game has that kind of thing where you go, fucking typical Roma, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it's not really. It's, the re- the only, no, this, that's yeah. a fair It'd point. be like losing point. to Lazio or losing to Sam, well, who they have a game in hand. Atalanta against. beat Napoli but, at the San Paolo yeah. three days so, before. So no. like the disappointing aspect is that they played against 10 men for a half. So like you'd expect them to... To yeah, be a little bit better yeah, in that situation, but, but Atalanta did pack the box, and mm. they've got some of the most. They've got a brilliant combination of incredibly experienced, dirty bastard defenders <laughs> like Andrea Masiello, and then just really, really good and energetic midfielders in Freuler, for example, and then Cristante came on and did that job. So, I think a lot of people would struggle to play against Atalanta with ten men just because they know how to defend. Yeah, but they have struggled against them in general this mm. season. Like I was going to say before we move on, obviously top their group in the Europa League and they're into the semi-finals of the Coppa Italia as well which is just yeah they're going to win something this the good times just keep <laughs> rolling well you've got yeah. as many shots as trophies yeah, as you could like, though I, <laughs> I pointed out on Twitter they've got a horrendous time coming up well horrendous in that it's going to be extremely challenging but you'd fancy them to do it they've got Napoli straight after the break anyway and then they play Juventus three times between the end of January and the end and of February. And also Dortmund in the Europa League. Dortmund yeah. twice, Fiorentina away, and I think there's probably someone else throwing it. They probably have yeah. to play Man City. It's, it's similar to against Dortmund, though, yeah. wouldn't you? I, you're good defensively. I big time fancy yeah. them to beat yeah. Dortmund. Even it's, if Dortmund are on it, I just, there's something about this. It's like, a, it's, like unbelievable. A, it's like the run Chelsea have. Yeah, Chelsea's run in oh, February. The Barca games. <laughs> they yeah. have Barca twice, United, Liverpool, and City in that month. Which is just like it's cruelty. That's yeah, an Arsenal good. month. That is, yeah. The whole season just goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, well. uh, we move on. So we got Spal and Lazio. We were just talking about Lazio, obviously. Just, just the four goals for Immobile. <laughs> like he's like he's the first Lazio player. I'm gonna say I can't remember the player who he's replicated, but he's the first Lazio player in like decades to score twenty goals in consecutive seasons, and he's done that like just after Christmas. Yeah. Um. Like, what a remarkable turnaround mm. in his career because he's had, like, the ups and downs where he, like, he went, like, he went to Juventus. He was at Juventus. Mm. Didn't happen for him. Goes to Torino, like, lights it up. Goes to Dortmund, gets his big move, fails miserably. That was really disappointing. Yeah. I, really, I really wanted him to. Yeah, and now well he's, um, but he now he's back in, like, back in Italy and he's, like, scoring for fun. He's the t- first player in any of Europe's top five leagues this season to reach 20 goals. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's Jesus. seriously impressive. That puts it yeah. in context, yeah. He, um, I remember when he was at Torino, he was with Alessio Cerci. Yeah. It seriously looked to all the world like Cerci was the reason that Immobile was doing so well. And yeah. then when they both went their separate ways, you quickly saw that that wasn't quite true. 
But yeah, Immobile, even after he left, was still a bit of a, a laughing stock, you know? Yeah. Like, look at this guy. He's not that good, but he's scoring loads of goals now he's in Germany. Then he went to Sevilla as well. Yeah. And completely tanked it. And then he came back and he went back to Torino, did yeah. it. It was a mixed bag, really, with Bellotti, but now. He gave a very Michael Owen reason for <laughs> failing in Germany. It's just he didn't oh, like the food. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah. He didn't like to eat dinner uh, late, or was it early or something yeah. like that? Yeah. 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 something he said in a press conference or in an interview it was kind of like oh Jesus it's like the, have you ever read the, the Luca Tony one where he wouldn't eat breakfast and I think it was Van Hal at Bayern Munich oh, no. <laughs> he only drink coffee at breakfast Van Hal like picked him up and shook him you know, like, pretty sure. you know his, his management style pretty sure he also pretty sure he also whipped out his testicles I was going to say yeah that was the, <laughs> yeah, that's a, a very different side to Van Hal yeah. um, upsetting oh, on Lazio they're a lot of fun the yeah. five goals isn't really anything new for them no. this year they're, they're scoring goals whenever they want really but Luis Alberto is yeah Luis Alberto's okay like, but it's all about Liverpool legend Liverpool. Yeah. yeah I completely forgot that he played there yeah. some commentator wasn't, wasn't it. was it him or was it uh, oh he was at Celta Aspas. Aspas. Was it him or Aspas who delivered that famous that That's Aspas. Aspas, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what he's known for. Yeah. It doesn't matter what Iago Aspas no. does. Yeah. Liverpool fans will be like, yeah, but he's a bad corner uh, once. Exactly on that. I've seen a vine of him scoring a beautiful free kick for Celta last week. I think I've seen it. It must have been in the Copa. And I just thought, I remember when he took that corner. <laughs> 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 like, it doesn't, it doesn't go away. You're yeah. just kind of going, you'll always contrast brilliance with it and kind of go, yeah, Jesus, I remember that corner. You do wonder about the longevity of this Lazio thing, though, because they've got Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, who's he's gone. He, he's not going to be there next he's season. Gone. He is so so good. They'll probably yeah. get about a hundred million from though, the way things are. Liam Canning long. tells me he should join. Uh, he should be joining Manchester United. In the well, season. then Manchester United, he will join. Yeah. Well, then they've just got another Paul Pogba and will misuse him yeah. until he's run out of England. Yeah, true. And so you think this Lazio thing? Then you think that it's it's not going to last purely because players will just be snapped up yeah I think it will last this season because Simone Inzaghi is doing a great job he and did also, it last season as well isn't Simone Inzaghi one of the favourites for the to be the next Juventus manager it wouldn't surprise me yeah. that's what Juve do isn't it isn't, oh you're isn't young and talented always. come over here yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. how do you like trophies <laughs> uh, we've got loads um, yeah well they are it's really enjoyable to see and it's sort of it's always good to see sides I think in Serie A like absolutely smash goals in mm-hmm. because you always have to listen to that you know the, the boring which still persists it, it's less true by the day I don't know how but it's still there because nobody watches it the last two well, seasons it's had more goals than any of the other top five leagues in Europe but still it's defensive and boring and nil nil yeah yeah, yeah. It's, I'd, yeah. anyway uh, then you've got Benevento and Sam which was just <laughs> so though they Benevento had the worst run ever recorded in the history of top flight European football uh, 18 was it 18 games where, where it was pointless yeah. yes no, it was. they got their point in the 18th was it the 18th yeah, I think so the, yeah. this was okay. the Milan game right yeah they broke anyway they broke a, a long standing record uh, from Manchester United in the 1920s says United United hold all the records yeah but, um, but yeah so so they couldn't get any points and now they can't stop gaining points mm-hmm. uh, and it's hilarious because the guy who's getting the goals for them Massimo Cotto is the stereotypical archetypal journeyman He's had 13 <laughs> clubs in 14 years. Uh, this is only the second time he's played in Serie A. Last time he was in Serie A, he was playing for Parma and he scored like two goals. So, so it's, it's unbelievable. I love strikers like that, though. Yeah. I think I think they make football. It's it's funny, though. I'm just looking at the league table because when you see Benevento over one, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, the, the recovery's on. Yeah, no. They're 13 points away from safety. Hey, uh, the Crotone, though, were... They're eight points off Yeah, safety. it's eight points. 
Chris well, to get out, up. like, to, but they'd have to get ahead of Spal, and then to, to get to the next team, Cagliari of twenty. You yeah. know, it was Spal or seventeenth though. It's the only place you need to finish. They'll, I yeah. think they'll do it. Really? Crotone yeah. did, not really. Had a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm putting my support behind. Crotone had a had a bigger gap last yeah, season. Yeah, nine points last season, yeah. and they did it. Uh. So they're gonna out Crotone, Crotone, and send Crotone down in the process. Yeah. yeah, I think the it, not to, to be too pessimistic about it. The only thing I hate is that when you look at teams out of the drop zone, that's who you want to be. You want to get above them. There's quite a distance. So like, because I'm as a Fulham fan, I was always used to looking at relegation zones and kind of adding <laughs> these probable points. You would look at it and say. Cagliari is where you want to be that mm. 20 point mark is sort of the mark to be away from all the teams who are in the shit but it's yeah hmm. I'd love them to do it it'd be, it'd be some story there it'd are teams incredible. there that are capable of going the rest of the season without winning them <laughs> <laughs> which is a lovely way to put it I'm looking at Genoa and Sassuolo and I think yeah you could quite easily just go the rest of the season without yeah, picking up a like, point Sassuolo have fallen down a cliff well they've got the the Italian Tony Pulis in charge now yeah. was, it, was it you the Chris and Beppe Iacchini that yeah like <laughs> He wears a cap and everything. So. Yeah, that's some swap mm. going from different Jesco yeah. to yeah. Yeah, it's not great. No. But again, no one cares. Yeah, yeah they true. don't even play where they're from. Speaking anymore. Speaking of Pulis, he's he's in charge of Middlesbrough. Yeah, I couldn't think of a better match. It's a yeah. nice fit. Isn't yeah, it? it really yeah. is. Yeah, because like, Middlesbrough, like they were the most boring team in the Premier League last yeah. season. But, but again, doesn't. like Gary Monk to Pulis, like, that's a, <laughs> yeah. that's an enormous shift in yeah. sort of like. A way of seeing the game. No, he knows, the, he knows the game. He knows the league. He knows the game. I yeah. criticised Middlesbrough once. Uh, Martin Darun oh, joined yeah. Middlesbrough from Atalanta, and I went, "You've got to feel sorry for Darun." I just put out a tweet, you know, it's yeah, half yeah. tongue in cheek, it's like moving from Bergamo to Middlesbrough, which had been voted like the worst place to live in the UK yeah. a few years in a row. In a and row, <laughs> it is. It was the most controversial tweet I've ever put up because the backlash was ridiculous. No I got called a potato for being Irish. Just loads of stuff, and. Um, He's well, see that's, back, that so he's proven my point. Yeah, that won't um, that that won't uh, discourage Pulis anyway, because I mean he he lived, he went to he had two spells of Stoke, which Stoke is <laughs> by all accounts uh, there's like there's a town centre which is two pubs and a Nando's, um, and there's <laughs> nothing got else. Nando's there, really. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing it's else. Quite culture. <laughs> this was yeah. As far as that goes, this, this was uh, Seb Seb Stafford Moore, our good friend in the pod, uh, once went or went to a. a Spurs away game at Stoke and he said he arrived in the town centre and asked somebody like where's the town centre and he goes oh you're here mate and there's like just two pubs in Nando's so he spent uh, an hour of his day in Nando's trying to kill time because there's nothing else to do uh, Fiorentina and Inter then we were talking about Inter sort of dropping points Inter's title challenge imploding mm. uh, and to be fair Morris actually pointed this out and I didn't think about it at the time but he spawned like is there a team more dependent on one player in Europe at the moment than Inter with Icardi? Like, if Icardi doesn't play well, Inter don't win, basically. That's it. But they do need to find someone else. But it's so difficult to find a striker and tell them, yeah, you're very much second choice. You yeah. might play one game. But even season. goals from midfield, like, they, like the Perisic has stopped. Like, I don't know, like, what's happened to Perisic in recent mm. weeks? Like, um, And then, but, although, I don't think that's the area that Spalletti's most... Uh, <laughs> that's most pressing for Spalletti did you see his comments Rob no, he's like even my mum who's 80 years old sitting at home knows that I need a new centre back what else am I supposed to say but to be fair right Spalletti's able to organise a defence he's got a defence that at times has had Danilo D'Ambrosio Yuto Nagatomo and Andrea <laughs> Renocchia in it yeah. and he's made them look competent Yeah, he needs someone further up the pitch to 
increase the supply line to Icardi because it's just all on Perisic at the moment. Yeah. Mm. So I think getting a proper number 10 in there is probably what they need. Well, they have been linked to it. Um, Mkhitaryan, mm. which They've would be been amazing. With every attacking yeah. midfielder in Europe. Mkhitaryan would be amazing. Um, like, just free him from the shackles of Jose Mourinho, mm. please. If he's talking about signing another centre-half, that probably shows you that he thinks that he can continue working in that system though and have, have Icardi do mm. the business, as it were. Mm. Yeah, well, I suppose anything to just push Andrea Ranocchio away from first team football is welcome <laughs> yeah, as well it's, it's worth it it's worth all the money um, do you think that they'll continue sort of motoring the Inter or they'll get top four I'd say I would say it'll be them and Roma probably yeah. but, but that's the thing they've got a really good squad in midfield and attack with because you don't really need another How's, striker yeah. to play all the time yeah. if you do have a How Serie A would it be though if if Roma missed out on top four to Lazio and Lazio had their entire team purged along with the manager and then like yeah. didn't even make the group oh no I was going to say they won't make the group size but then all four teams now qualify automatically yeah, straight, yeah. I, would, I would say like the reason I'd give Lazio a shout with top four is that they score goals yeah. I think that the fact that they'll more often than not you think they'll outscore teams anyway so they can afford to be a little bit you know defensively risky I think it'll probably come down to those games that they play against each other really mm-hmm. like when Lazio play the rest of that top six yeah you could even extend that out to Atalanta and Samp if you wanted mm. I think it's like you quite fa- you quite fancy Lazio in those because they've already w- they've already won away to Juventus like which proves that they can go anywhere and win <laughs> yeah. whereas Roma did a Roma and didn't win or even get results in the Juventus stadium. That's so. a bit harsh to call <laughs> going to Juve away go. and not winning. To call that doing a Roma. <laughs> yeah. You can't miss chances in the 90th well, minute sure. like that. Patrick Schick yeah. did a Roma. Yeah. 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 He's only in the club like three months. He's already been consumed by the Roma gene. I feel so sorry for him because <laughs> he's such a talent. Oh, he's, a well. he's so good, yeah. He's so good. But they all get, they all, you all get, you all suffer from it eventually. Sooner or later, they all <laughs> blow their chances. And if not, you can end up in Anfield. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he'll probably not, be, yeah. Yeah, he'll I think I'll take the Roma bug. He'll, yeah, probably be, he'll probably be Salah's replacement, to be fair, when Salah goes to Real Madrid. I still can't get over how good he's been. I really yeah. didn't think that he would mm. transition that I think I had that shot of... last season because mm, I saw yeah. him with Roma a lot. So my surprise came a year earlier than most yeah. incredible stuff. Um, we'll move on to a little bit of La Liga, I think. Um, and we'll start with Atleti then and Hitafe. Um, <laughs> somebody's back. <laughs> this is, oh, this was amazing. Like This was absolutely brilliant so Diego Costa he, well he wasn't technically it wasn't his first game back because he played in the cup in midweek scored um, and injured himself in the celebration um, turns out it was a it was only a, a scare it wasn't a, it wasn't a proper injury so played at the weekend um, Atleti absolutely dominated this first half I only had one goal to show for it and there was a bit of aggro uh, just before half time where uh, Simeone's assistant, that uh, big barrel-chested man, who I forgot like, the guy, name of, yeah. got uh, sent from the touchline. Um, there was a couple of fracas. Costa was involved, of course, gets booked. Um, then he scores. And, like, I knew straight away what he was going to do. Like, mm. I just there was no doubt in my mind he was going to sprint straight to the crowd and jump in and just completely forget that he was on your yellow card. Although, I'm not sure, with Costa, like, a lot of what he does is premeditated, yeah. so I wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised if he just like thought, you know what, I'll go mad, run into the crowd, and see if the referee will send me off. You'd hate to be the referee giving out that second yellow. Yeah. Oh, oh, you'd be terrified. Do you think a lot of what Costa does is premeditated? Yeah. Because I see him as a bit of like a bit of an animal. You know, like he like everything he does just on instinct. Yeah. He, he's not thinking about anything. And then who there's someone it? there. He's like, oh, I'm gonna punch yeah. that person. Yeah. Who was it though? Um, 
was a center oh, back. There was a, yeah, there was a <laughs> there was a, a central defender or former central defender. Um, oh, who was it? it? Was just descri- describing how you play against certain forwards, and with Costa, it was history. Yeah, you just you just keep him quiet. You just keep him happy. Say lovely things to him for the entire ninety minutes. Whereas there's a couple a couple other strikers you try and rough up, get in mm. there, get in their face. Mm. But we said with Costa, he was real Ferdinand. He's like, yeah, with, with someone like Costa, you just gotta keep him sweet. You just gotta gotta talk. Talk to him throughout the match. Have a nice conversation with him. Just keep him nice and calm. Because when he gets angry, he's unplayable. Yeah. yeah. That's it. The only chance you have when he gets angry is that he might get sent off. Or yeah. He will destroy you. He was, never, he was never sent off in his three years at Chelsea, surprisingly. Seriously? Never. Whoa. Really? No. This is... this. Yeah, this is like a... like. Do you remember even uh, last season? <laughs> he was on four yellow cards for about three months. Like, Oh, yeah. yeah. And he, he just surprisingly just managed to... Just keep his temper in check that's so, so I weird. love yeah. him but, yeah, I, I, love do, I do miss so watching him sort of like regularly to yeah. see that that shithousery that he does like it's just, oh, he's just it's yeah. so blatant yeah. you yeah. have to yeah. respect it when like, he's I mean, not even trying to hide it like the thing is right in the comparison like look at Morata right Morata does I would say Morata does almost everything better than Costa he's a much like much better technical footballer he's quicker he's a better athlete uh, his movement he's is cl- insane yeah he's so his movement is insane he's so clever but he doesn't have that killer instinct that Costa mm-hmm. has like I think he like those misses against Arsenal that was clearly a sign of a player who like overanalyzes stuff like he's really smart and intelligent Morata whereas like Costa like you would be certain Costa would have scored those chances mm-hmm. but again like he's if you gave if you just gave Morata a little bit of the nastiness that Costa had like he would be unstoppable Though he picked up the the one chance he was really slaughtered for was um did you see the first half chance he had he missed oh check? yeah Jesus if if you're a striker in his position though that is the worst way to pick up a one on one if you know what I mean because mm-hmm. the first touch he takes isn't fluid the ball kind of stops he's to start again yeah. and go mm-hmm. and it's it, you have he an still has to make sure you get to save check it, though, yeah oh, oh absolutely but like the, the, the contrast him with you want like, to be running onto yeah. the ball contrast him you know with, with I mean? Kane like when Kane goes through and a chance like that does you, you might as well turn away because you yeah. just know yeah. it's going to be a goal Kane's finishing's on another level though. oh it's but yeah it's it's it's, it's just his it's his ruthlessness like yeah. he. I was remember it was it the game against it was it was against Huddersfield during the season and he didn't have a kick for the first fifteen minutes and Huddersfield were dominating a lot of the ball and then one of their centre halves gives the ball away to Kane. It's the first time Kane's pretty much touched it. Goes in one on one and it was never any doubt he was gonna score. Just picks out the corner. Mm. Um like I, it was interesting that again Miguel Delaney had that a piece on uh, Maratha and he was saying that like Conte knows that he's kind of like uncertain in front of the goal, but he thinks that he can get he can get him to a point where he's a killer in front of the goal, which is quite uh, interesting. There's a story about in uh, Zlatan's book about Capello doing the same to him when he signed. He mm. made him sit down and watch videos of um, Milan forwards in the '90s, sort of blasting away chances with just one chance. And he said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat that Ajax shit out of you." Yeah, that sort of you know mm. take a chance. I think that was more. He's like, yeah. no, no, no. You need to start scoring with one chance. I think that's probably yeah. a similar train of thought that's going to go there. I think it's more though with Murata. I think it's more he's he's nervous in front of the goal, like he's edgy. Yeah, um, he's. I anxious. just think he needs to be back. Yeah. I think. Whereas it, I think where Ibrahimovic was more just thinking he was just like he'd try like a stupid yeah. chip or mm. do something like that might. But you, see, you were never going to get that many yeah. chances, like particularly in the competition. Mm. But like, look at Murata. Like, have you seen Murata's expected goals for the last few games? No, I no. Morata's expected goals for the Arsenal game was three point two. Like he's getting the chances. It's just yeah. like, so but when it, when he eventually hopefully develops that realist streak, like he'll be unstoppable. It'll be. I'm interested to see what happens with him for the rest of the season because he's already played more minutes this season than he has in any other season yeah. of his career. 
So it's basically his first full season as a starter. At and any he's club. not even that young. I mean, what is he? Is he 24, 25? Yeah, now? he's 24. Yeah. yeah. So he might, the rest of the season could be a write off just because he could be so exhausted. Mm. Especially coming through this winter period where that's he's why, played. That's why Conte's wanted a backup for, like, he wanted Llorente in the summer because mm. uh, he doesn't trust Batuay, obviously. Yeah, he's. Uh, I he don't know. I'd never know what to make well. of him. Oh, Batshuayi! If Chelsea could get, if Chelsea could get uh, money for him, I'd, I'd be convinced Conte would just be, like, yeah, go. <laughs> You're not gonna play for me. I think, yeah. Or, will Will he, Will Conte even be there? That's another nah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think there's a player in Batshuayi. I really do. Oh, I, just, well, yeah, I, I can't quite figure out what you'd have his to do to make him. His finishing is know? amazing. His problem is his movement. His movement isn't good at all. Like he, he doesn't and his hold up play. But like you give him a chance, he'll score. Like he's, like he scored. Like he scored like close to double figures already this season um, got the winner against Atletico and he's just he's a brilliant finisher but he just doesn't do enough off the ball and his movement isn't that good like so anywho mm-hmm. Seville Derby <laughs> Jeez, uh, one nuts. Vincenzo Montella's uh, debut in, uh, in Spanish yeah, football he's, <laughs> he's <laughs> not a game you want to lose yeah that, that, like this is these are the type of games like even so early in your in your spell yeah. that can kind of like you know hang over you by not winning or not getting a result. Had he won, like, how much time? That buys him so much time. Like, yeah. He could literally do anything now. He could live that. off that result for a while. Yeah. Like, Rob Palmer maintains this is the best game in football. The Seville best Derby. It's probably it's the just, best Derby in Spain, isn't yeah, it? Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, a, the the feeling around it is is intense. Like, even the videos that you see online are just crazy. You can see, like, like Betis fans, Betis fans um, waited outside the stadium to greet the team when yeah. they came back from... Yeah. It's yeah, kind of gotten a, an Italian feel to it. Yeah, it, has, it, it actually has, yeah. Well, yeah, so like, yeah, or like a, you know, like a super classico in yeah, South in American, yeah, yeah, South yeah. America. It does feel like something apart from other Spanish derbies because there's other other derbies that matter in Spain. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, there obviously are, but they just don't seem to have that that sort of. It's not even like edge. It's more the the pure passion, even for just your own players, not to hate the other mm-hmm. players. Yeah. Just that pure passion is it is it is super classico esque. That's yeah, yeah, sort of, um, and, and it's competitive as well. Montella probably did quite well there. I remember for the move. Yeah, 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 in Seville, yeah. but yeah. I maintain that his style of play is way more suited to Spanish football than it ever was in Serie A. Mm. Yeah, but there was a funny quote that came out, which kind of just sums up his time in Italy. As as soon as the game finished in his post-match press conference, he basically said, um, "Oh, I'm not too disappointed. We had a lot of possession, which is kind of a running joke with Milan fans. Who was always like, oh yeah, we're not winning yet, but they'll get there. Look at the mm. possession. Look at the possession. So maybe.'" Uh, it, they should be a bit cautious yeah this is a cultural thing like I mean uh, I don't know you ever as, about, as, a, as a Sevilla fan would yeah, you like that but you ever talk about you ever really thrive with the ball when you listen to Guardiola like for instance when you listen to Guardiola talk about he always just says like well obviously it, we have to win trophies or else as a manager you get sacked but um, for me it's the process it's seeing the team play well yeah. if the team play well then I know we'll get results whereas in Italy it's like his well, commitment to entertain you could, is yeah. really laudable yeah yeah you but, but you'll hear in Italy it'll be like well you know if we play <laughs> you can play brilliant football all you want but if you're not getting results yeah. it means nothing mm. whereas like that's why I'd be interested I don't think it will ever happen but if Guardiola at the end of his city time went to Italy I'd love to see how that would go because mm. I'd, he'd obviously win but um, it'd be interesting to see the cult- culturally how Italians would accept like you know do you think he'd obviously win? yeah I think he he, he should go to Rome challenge himself yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I do think, I think bring an army of psychiatrists I think he would win I think, really? yeah look at the difference he's made to like players who you would consider look at City like players that we would have had question marks over I think that would be the league that would give him the biggest challenge oh yeah I, I don't disagree you, you would have managers who 
Well, they almost can every game they'll adapt players. to what he's doing. Yeah, this is it. Like, but they wouldn't just adopt the system saying, "Oh, you know that team are really good with the ball, so we just won't leave our box." Mm. They'll try to counteract the system. Sometimes they get smashed, and sometimes they won't. I think. Well, see, Guardiola's figured. See, they, he figured out. He was he was right about English football along. Like it's, it's very very easy to figure out. Like it's mm. most teams playing the same way. Uh, he did say he was surprised by how defensive English football was, which was I I loved that quote because. Uh, I think it was an interview with Gary Neville and he brought it up when Gary Neville was like, uh, so what are, the, what are the aspects of English football that have surprised you? And he was like, well, it's way more defensive than I thought it was because you always hear about how teams, teams attack in England and stuff like that. Uh, whereas in Italy, like, yeah, you, it'll, it like be, it'll be much more sophisticated. But then Guardiola, like, Guardiola loves that. Like, that's the thing. You see the way he sets his teams up and the d- attention to detail. Like, he would love Serie A, I think. Mm. Like it'd be, I do think I agree with you. It would be his most challenging, yeah. and particularly if he didn't go to Juventus. Like if he went to, see Milan the thing is that Juve wouldn't. I, I, well, sorry, I should say I don't think Juve would bend the way say City were willing to. Mm. City are willing to shape the entire mm. ethos of the club around a Guardiola figure. Yeah. Obviously, Barcelona already were, and Bayern. T- I don't actually, think he goes to see the problems Juve, with Bayern. Yeah. Bayern were an old traditional club, and they they were willing to give him so much, but they weren't willing to bend yeah, the whole way. Yeah. Why would Juve? I th- like I just well, don't imagine the club going. We need you to do this for us. I just don't mm. think, like, I think it would have to be Roma or Napoli or oh, you know, a club who'd go, We're Napoli. so hungry for yeah. success, we'll do what you want, and we also have the money. For I don't it think because, he'd go to, I don't need to go to Napoli because the infrastructure isn't there. Like, whereas Roma at least have a stadium on the way, yeah, um, mm. and they're, they're a club, like, they're a capital club. The problem is, I know it's a, it's a cheap dig that's used against them, and I don't mean it in that way, but I do think he'd need money. Mm-hmm. And if if Roma are bringing in the likes of Monchi, they're obviously preparing for a, a period where they're not going to be able to spend huge money. Because, yeah, but at the same time, they'll, they'll still be getting players that yeah. he can improve. Yeah, like look at look at City. Like as I was saying, like the amount of players at City who we had question marks over, like Ottomendi. He's playing Fabian Delph at left back. He yeah. like to, just to balance it, he is playing Ottomendi, but Ottomendi was hugely expensive. It's not as if he you know he took a guy who was oh know, yeah yeah but like half I, nothing and made yeah. it but he great, wouldn't have you know, been if he signed if Ottomendi signed for Roma he wouldn't have been that expensive no yeah. Yeah. no that was city money but um, yeah, that's no it. It, it is it is sort of, it's one of those things that interests me is that there's clearly there are prerequisites that are required for Guardiola to succeed I don't think there's a club in Italy that would give him it but if you could give him it if we look say. at it right um, but perhaps me where, I think where Roma, else yeah. could he go because it, yeah. he probably he won't go back to Germany would he no because he's not going to go back to Bayern and no one else there no can afford can, to pay him no he won't go back to Barcelona, you would imagine. No. Or at least not yet. So No, I don't think he will. Italy's next on his list unless he wants to go to the PSG. International. PSG. Why would he go there? Yeah, PSG, that's not really a challenge though. Yeah, why it? would he go there? Yeah, yeah, like they've that's unless by the time we all seem to think that the city thing is like a, there is a limit on well, how long it, he'll have next season. It's three years now. Um, but he is tough. unless there PSG is like, haven't won the Champions League. This yeah. is the big challenge. There is a lot of Mourinho for that. Yeah, that's a. There is, is that is that the secret anymore though? <laughs> yeah. uh, there know? is a, there is talk though that he's gonna extend his time at City. Like this, he's, he's mentioned that it. would be interesting. He's brought it up like it has been brought up regularly, and usually like even at Barca, he, he just said, "No, nah, I can only do." Mm. But I know he spent four years at Barca, but he was always like, "No, nah, I want to." Well, he doesn't look a wreck at City. Yeah, because he literally he's, he's not under pressure. You know, way more because he's, because so. as he said himself, nothing is comparable to the pressure he suffered the mm. Barca as a Catalan, fucking Sochi, uh, like club member. Um, his whole family are Barca fans. He had to live in the city. Was he was he, a former is he player. Still their longest serving manager, isn't it? Uh, no, it's him and I think no, I think um, I think it's it's only it's like, like no, three seasons. The longest in their history. Cruyff is, like, like, Cruyff is the longest. Cruyff is there for five years, but so for he's the longest serving. Yeah. But yeah, Guardiola was second after him. So it's mad. Hmm. 
But yeah, anyway, that, that does still tie in with Spanish football, so we haven't rambled that Tangent. much. Uh, Barca did beat Levante 3-0 at the weekend. To kinda... Yeah, uh, Dembele was back. Um, had a few nice touches. Um, Suarez, I think Suarez. Suarez's goal makes him like the seventh all-time top scorer for Barca already. Whoa. He went really? ahead of Samuelito. Yeah. I feel like a lot of these stats are just like creeping me yeah. by. I, I didn't. Hear and like this is Suarez, who's had like a miserable season. Yeah. Um. Because he, yeah, his and his a very first... new time in in like maybe the last year at Barcelona. You know. Yeah. He hasn't. He hasn't been fit. Um. Mm. But he is start, sort of coming back to form a little bit in the last little while. Um. Messi scored again, assisted by Jordi Alba. That combination, I think they've combined for six goals this season, which is the most uh, any two players have combined this season. It's pretty incredible. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Messi also he equals Gerd Miller Gerd Muller's record for goals in a top flight European league. What what number is it? That's three, it's it's terrifying. Like three hundred and fifty five or something like that. <laughs> at least it's only a three digit number. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well Well like at, at the rate he's going, he might make five hundred before he retires. That is just insane. insane. Like, like it would be a surprise if he didn't at yeah. this point. Yeah. There's no reason you can see why the goals should slow up because it's not as if you like relies on pace or it's just, yeah and it's yeah they, they signed Coutinho yeah I Did actually that, yes that this is a good time to have that conversation yeah yeah, yeah no it was yeah it was Seek a big deal I'm uh, so happy that's done yes yeah. I'm glad it was quick yeah yep well quick uh, in this window in this but it, it has been going on for quite a while yeah what's your take on it Colm we'll, we'll, we'll take you first what, what, what do you think of the, the whole deal do you think it's a good signing. It's a good deal for Liverpool. I think it's a good deal for absolutely everyone involved because Liverpool are getting a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. But the thing is, can they actually reinvest that or have they done it already? Signing Van Dijk and Keita, they've probably spent most of that money already. Yeah, this is the thing. People are kind of, I think a lot of Liverpool fans will be waiting to see now how much of that money was this already was spoken what said, for. wasn't it? Yeah. Steve made yeah. this point. And... I think Coutinho is going somewhere where he will obviously improve. He's going to mm. be playing with the best player to ever play football. And He's just going to have world-class players I actually all around think him. for a second, I was like, is he talking about Iniesta? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not, not, not um, that guy. But then and Barcelona are signing someone that they can play in a lot of different positions. Yeah. And he's kind of got a free hit for the next few months to settle in because they've got La Liga 1. He doesn't have to play in the Champions League. Yeah, that's so. actually a really good point. I didn't consider that. I was mm. going to bring up the cup side thing. But yeah, you know, you can, you can kind of cozy into it. And, and he um, kind of frees up the other players to be rested for the Champions League. I know Messi will never willingly step out of a game, yeah. but... He'll be able to. They'll be able to rest in Yesta Suarez, even if they want to play Coutinho up top. Yeah. So I, I think mm. it's a good deal for. And everyone. it doesn't seem like it's. It might be a, an ego blow for Liverpool in terms of the bigger club buying their player, if you like. Mm. But it doesn't seem like a body blow to the squad. Mm. No, well, look, I, Barcelona I, are a bigger club than Liverpool. Obviously. If Barcelona come in for your player, <laughs> yeah. I know what I've said. I'm saying nothing. I was, I was thinking about it before I said it. But if Barcelona yeah, no, come in true. for a player at any club, you go. Yeah. Uh, on the point of it being a body blow, you, I disagree. I think it's a huge blow. Really? Yeah, I don't know why they didn't try their best to keep him until the end of the season. Because I think he, particularly, like, the thing with Coutinho is, about 18 months ago, I didn't think he was, I didn't rate him. I, I thought he was inconsistent. I thought he drifted out of games. But in the last 18 months, particularly, yeah, the last 18 months, every single time Liverpool have played well. Like, I'm not talking about results-wise, but every time they've played well in matches, Coutinho has been the key player. Isn't that the thing? It's when they're not playing well, he doesn't really step up that mm. much. He doesn't but, drag them through. But he's played well, like, consistently this season. Like, I mean, er, pretty much every game he's played this season. He's only played, like, I think, 
18 or 19 games yeah. they've like played brilliantly in nearly I, all I those games I think you're going to see a change though in the way Liverpool play with Van Dijk signing in that he's a centre half who'll step out with the ball mm. I think it makes all the difference mm. in the world to how they'll actually start attacks now I think that it'll be slightly different the one thing I would say they were losing with Coutinho is that he tends to help them link up if they're trying mm. to break someone down this, um, this is my like, I don't think they'll struggle like, like, Salah and stuff I don't like think they'll struggle it's not really strength. I don't think they'll struggle as much in, I don't think it, the key factor is in big games I think it's when they play sides who sit deep because mm. Coutinho is the the lock the um oh the, yeah, the key yeah, that pick, picks yeah, that lock yeah, like yeah. all the time the, nearly all the time um and I think he's been absolutely sensational this season like um I think he's been brilliant and in the Champions League like I know like I know Ken Early is of the opinion that um this is like a huge body blow he thinks that like with Coutinho in the side Liverpool had an outside chance of going far in the Champions League Without him, he reckons they're struggling for top four. Like, be interesting so. to see. It's it's. And I think Klopp doesn't seem too upset to lose him, but then Klopp didn't wasn't too upset to lose like Guts or Lewandowski or mm. Dortmund, and that kind of came back to bite him a bit. I think it's just real realism as well. Like you were saying, like if, if Barcelona come along, it's really only a matter. Of, I'm surprised they managed to fend them off for the yeah. summer. I really didn't think they would, um, yeah. and it seems like a deal was made. And it is like um, I mean, it's. Just, <laughs> I don't know some some people are suggesting that oh it's the reason he's gone is because of the money obviously it's for the money well, yeah. but at the same time it's also the chance to play with Messi yeah, like, that did, if you yeah. look at where his career was just prior to Liverpool he moves from Inter for what was it like 3.5 million euro yeah. I think it was I don't even think it was pounds so but I, mean, it's, I do think it's underestimated like, I do think know. it's underestimated the, the lore of playing with Messi like it's mm. I know he's 30 coming up to 31 like but he's still going to be great for yeah. the next like 4 or 5 it's, years even the players even if you could in your mind take Messi away the rest of the players you'll be playing with the club you're playing with and the level that you're at is just yeah Stratospheric, exactly. like Barcelona, are right up there. Yeah. They, they are. They only to, there's only really two clubs like that, and PSG is the other one that can just be like, how much? Okay, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. just, yeah, it's just one of those things. And it's, it's. I think if you were, if you were sort of like a level-headed Liverpool fan, you'd, you'd understand that most of those players in that side are up for grabs. It's just a case of which club wants it, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of way. So, and like, I mean, when has a club ever received a transfer fee that good and reinvested it wisely? The last two times Liverpool, well, arguably Barcelona. Oh, yeah, it was the name yeah. I'm like getting into. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. true. Well, yeah. Although I, th- I was thinking back to it, the last time there was so many posts of this on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but I'm going to steal it anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, it was Juventus, arguably when they lost, when they sold Zidane to Madrid. They signed like Nedved. They signed Nedved. Who else did they sign? They signed like three eight players. Who I mean, Nedved alone is quite good. Yeah, yeah. Nedved was like Juve did well with the Pogba money. Yeah, true. Very true. Higuain's not no slouch. Like, mm. yeah. Um, Lamelo was part of the bail money. Yeah, they also signed him at seven hundred. That's a dangerous one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Liverpool did great with the Fernando Torres money. So yeah, yeah. Andy, Andy big Andy. Andy. All right. This yeah. Is, um, but actually, just before we, if we're gonna move. We talked about the winners from this day, the big losers, if anyone, are Inter from Coutinho going to Barcelona from Liverpool because they actually made more money off this sale than they did when they sold them to Liverpool. Jeez. Really? Because they got, what, 9 million out of this or something. Oh, but yeah. they sold them for, I think it was 2.5 million. And Inter are just historically laughably bad yeah. when it comes to selling players. They got rid of Pirlo and Wasn't Roberto it Carlos Benitez? Wasn't Benitez in charge when he was sold? That sounds about right. Yeah. But we just know, like, if you were realistic, he never would have developed it into. Like, no, they, no. they got rid because they, like you said, they have history in this department. and mm. Yeah, like... Yeah. Yeah, they Dennis, just weren't willing to wait. They, on, Inter also had Dennis Bergkamp in the 90s. Yeah. And uh, managed to misuse, like, one of the greatest players of his era. 
which is so it's just a, such a surprise nobody that they they were going to fuck up in this yeah. department but it's just one of them things like he took a chance that's where Liverpool are at the moment mm. they're able mm. to develop exciting attacking players but the problem mm. is that they're sort of those constant sharks and also and yeah it would be fun be fun to see in the summer if uh, anyone comes in for Salah I'm convinced uh, oh he's off to Madrid yeah I'm convinced Madrid will come in for him could they afford him see I'm of course they can King's going to ride <laughs> off the bets man but I'm really <laughs> well, I'm well, really frightened about what Madrid do this summer like I'm scared because the what happened last summer yeah. they missed out on Mbappe when they thought they had him the previous summer they missed out on Pogba they're going to be feeling hurt and it's now they've seen Barcelona the Coutinho spend. deal yeah, well, yeah, I, well I can I could pretty make a pretty safe assumption that they'll sign Courtois to, mm. um, because Courtois is coming into the final year of his contract at Chelsea and there seems to be no indication he's going to sign yeah. um, they'll probably they, go after Kane they could go after Hazard they'll talk to Hazard definitely yeah. but if Zidane's not there that might because I don't think Zidane will be there next season no um, don't the only reason, reason Hazard works. wants to play for Madrid apparently is because Zidane was his idol and he wants to work under Zidane but if Zidane's not there that might convince him to stay because Hazard doesn't seem like the type of player who's motivated by winning trophies or earning money he just seems like he just enjoys playing football Yeah, and yeah. at Chelsea yeah. he's loved and but although yeah if, like, what Chelsea, are the chances of Mourinho making a return to Madrid this summer and taking Hazard how good would that well, be well Florentino no. Perez would have him Florentino <laughs> no. Perez would have Mourinho back right? yeah. but nobody else in in the Spanish capital yeah. I don't know it's like a, there's always a lot more at play or I suppose at least we think there's always a lot more play at Barca Madrid and how they work they, the whole reason for bringing Mourinho in was to like to sort of dismantle Pep so I think they, they'd rather get another like Zidane type I'd say mm. someone who'd be high profile and flash and, Pochettino you know, on the radar mm. that's your man but yeah I wouldn't be surprised if they went after Kane as well and like even, oh, they've, they, even surely last Kane's summer United they were saying the they nailed on. Kane. No, I don't no, think, I don't think so. so. No, I don't think no. he'd go to United. Really? No, I just don't think. I don't even think he would go to United unless there was nobody else. Maybe I'm there. stuck in the mid nineties where yeah. everyone signs. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh no, 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 the organic revenue, youth, hand fed revenue. Eleven youth academy graduates. Yeah. I just always had it in my mind that he will eventually. I just don't see. I don't think himself and Bale. I think he'll go there, but not from Spurs. He'll go. Bale will go. Bale will go to United eventually when he can't run anymore. Which well, arguably was six months ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like Kane, I, I just don't see. I, I don't think Kane has like. I don't think Kane seems like a, a loyal enough character. I don't think he would go to United because of how that would go down. Like I think if Madrid came in for him, he would happily go to Madrid. But who wouldn't? Yeah, but at the same time, he is a Spurs. Like he's already a Spurs legend. Like he's closing in on. Well, I was going to say he's closing in. He's like a hundred goals behind Jimmy Greaves, but that isn't that far. Well, considering the goals, yeah. Given the given the context of how many he scores, four, that's what two to, calendar. To put it years in context, away, to put it, it in so, context, he's four off one hundred league goals for Spurs already. That's crazy. Yeah, I, just, I don't know. I feel you like, feel bad about your own life. Literally. Yeah, it's sort of. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> nice note to end it on. We should mention actually just Celta Madrid two two. That's sort of the reason as well why I think more more speculation grows around Madrid because you can see it and you're kind of like things are petering out. Although it's as Connor keeps pointing out. Champions League knockouts are starting. And this oh yeah, is, yeah. This, is Real Madrid's this, is when the, season, this is when Madrid you know. just go like their their season is in, in disarray, and then they go on and win the Champions League. I don't know. They've yeah. got PSG. I think PSG will spank them. No, wow. I spank I'm them. really enjoying Real Madrid doing badly. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just it's really funny. Are you uh, are you of the opinion that it would be better for PSG to do well? No. A lot of people seem to hate I, them as I well. I don't like PSG. I love their players. I think yeah. most of the players at PSG I like. Yeah. It, well, with the exception of Neymar, he's a cunt. I don't I'm like Neymar. Neymar. I don't really care. Yeah, I don't like him. 
Now I'd rather I'd rather PSG got through because I would rather Madrid didn't win it this season because it's just getting boring like yeah. Barcelona. Madrid I think I think with the whole Neymar thing, like he, he's a fabulous footballer. We need more fabulous footballers in the game. Mm. I don't really care what he does in his personal life, and I don't care how much his dad yeah, makes. Fair it's enough. Not, I just don't just give a, a shit. And I mean, like it's, just it's a bit annoying. It's yeah. it's dirty and it's immoral and everything else, but. Just, Mm. He's a good footballer. That's what I watch, you know. Mm. It must hurt him though. I watch Criminal Minds if I want to hear about his But it must, no, it must hurt him that he's, you know, he's left. Uh, he's he's left Barcelona because he wasn't the best player there, and he's not the best player at PSG either. Well, he's oh. just going to go to Real Madrid in a couple of years and be <laughs> yeah. the best player. True. Yeah, that's already true. that's already in the works if you believe yeah. the the whispers and stuff. Anyway, that's probably enough gossip mongering from <laughs> us. Uh, Con, where can people find you, and where can they find your work? Um, this I always struggle with this because I've had a rebrand over the summer. I'm okay. at Con J Clancy on Twitter and Instagram if you're about that sort of thing. And head over to ForzaItalianFootball.com, read our stuff, and we also have an Italian football podcast if you're interested in that sort of thing. So yeah. There you go. That's all the plugs you need from him. Our plugs. Uh, <laughs> Facebook and Twitter at the final underscore third. Get in touch with us about anything you've heard in the pod that you want to sort of discuss or react to. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can send longer form uh, communications to editor at the final third podcast dot net. Well That's the one. Uh, do get in touch. We'd love to We'd love to break down big, long, ranty emails. That'd, uh, there'd be nothing better. Uh, we'll be back same time next week. Con, thanks for coming on. Pleasure. Hello. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs>